I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the wonderful sounds of nature. Mamacita. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life, it's episode 219, it is December the 12th, 2019, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many things we can't talk about. In fact, many things that we can't talk about. Um, <laughs> that is that is a factually accurate statement. We're back from uh, Thanksgiving break, and not a moment too soon. Yeah, we've. Uh, it doesn't really feel like it's that much has happened, but there's been a, another few weeks of the Wednesday night war, singular, and uh, we have a WWE show this coming weekend. So it's uh, about as packed as a weekend or a, as a week in December can be for pro wrestling, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I have to turn off uh, AEW brain right now. Uh, obviously, we're recording this very late on Wednesday night after uh, AEW and NXT. I have NXT DVR. I'll be watching it here shortly, but uh, I've been kind of in AEW mode. So let's just kind of knock some AEW stuff out real quick, if you don't mind. Sure. They love running angles during commercial breaks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what their numbers are as far as international viewers, but they they are doing, you know, 700,000, 800,000 viewers on TNT every week. I can't imagine they're doing anything close to that on Fight TV or whatever the deal is. TSN or... Right. Well, they, they do shockingly well in Canada, but, uh, you know, we're still talking, you know, 50,000 people or whatever in Canada. Uh, right. You know, um, anywho, stop running angles during commercial breaks. And I don't think the picture in picture helps anyone, but both, I know both shows on Wednesday night are doing that. Um, so they must think it helps. But uh, a lot of, lot of, uh, of uh, questionable stuff on AEW lately. I don't feel like they've uh, built this second uh run of tv here as effectively as they they all of the first you know eight shows or whatever built to the first pay-per-view you got you got a feeling one way or another on that what are you thinking what are you feeling about dynamite lately um i would agree with you that there's been some issues with timing i thought this week's there was less of it this week but um this week i actually thought was one of the first weeks where it felt like they were starting to get their stuff together a little bit better um and maybe part of that's just because they had such a long break between this last pay-per-view the full gear show in baltimore that we went to and their next show uh, which is oh, it's some painfully generic ter- uh, name revolution that's gonna be- revolution that's right it's going to be in chicago in uh february is it or march february 29th February. That's right. On uh, and they didn't use lethal leap year. <laughs> no, no. What a, what a, what a missed opportunity. But anyway, um, I, I, I felt like maybe they just didn't know exactly what they were doing. But yeah, there was things like the the 
the the trio of sex perverts, the uh, Butcher, Bunny, and Blade, <laughs> who just debuted out of a hole in the ground and beat up the biggest star in the company, uh, while Excalibur shouted, it's the Butcher and the Blade over and over again. Um, and then there's things like, uh, as you mentioned, like doing the big Nyla Rose angle leading to her being suspended uh, all during a commercial break last week, or... Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of other examples of that. There's a lot of stuff during commercials, uh, especially on last week's show. But yeah, tonight's show, I thought was at least a little bit of a of a reset. You're you're beginning. You've got a while until whenever this Moxley versus Jericho match is going to happen. So you're kind of doing the the Hollywood Hogan invites Sting to join the NWO thing mm-hmm. to avoid having to face him for the belt. Uh, with with him and Moxley, you can kind of play that up for a week or two. You have MJF uh, teasing some stuff for January to then he cut a promo to hype a promo that he will cut in January uh, <laughs> to announce the steps for him and Cody, which I would assume would be at that pay-per-view. Um, and then you set up a few things for the final AEW of 2019. So. Like I said, I thought this week was a much better show than the last few have been, and it was more focused, and it was more uh, productive. But yeah, there's definitely, you you can tell that it's a sh- still a show that's only done 12 weeks of national television, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, NXT is maybe not as flashy, but it's a very good show consistently. Uh, what are your feelings on, uh, let's see, Balor challenging for the title against Adam Colbebe next week? Um, just kind of the general direction of the top stuff on NXT over the last couple of weeks. Um, I would say, not to steal your gimmick, but I'm probably most excited for the women's match next week. What? Um, Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler I think is going to be great, and... Shayna has been on top of that division for so long, and it really feels like now's the time. And Rhea Ripley coming off the War Games match and the Survivor Series match, it really feels like there's never going to be a better time for her to win the belt. But Triple H is booking the promotion, so there's always the chance that Shayna will just win clean with her move. Um, so I think that match has a lot of intrigue and a lot of excitement to it. I don't think anyone expects Balor to win the belt. And this that to me just screams like TV program or TV title match. Um, I would not have had Balor pin Keith Lee, uh, which they did this week, because it feels, again, like he has some really strong momentum coming off of that Survivor Series show. And, I mean, God knows what the plans are in the new year and who's going to be staying in NXT and what and you know things things can change on a dime depending on what side of the bed the old man gets out of uh so maybe maybe Keith Lee or some or some of these other people in NXT aren't long for for this main roster or aren't long aren't aren't long for the NXT world and are going to be on the main roster soon so uh i don't know i think i think next week's NXT could certainly maybe show us what direction NXT is headed and potentially what the main roster is headed uh, in 2020. Makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. Um, main roster WWE. Um, I think just, uh, want to get your thoughts, but let me just 
punch this real quick here. I think SmackDown is really dreadful, and I think <laughs> the last two Raws have been actually good. <laughs> Question mark? Like there's been <laughs> bad stuff, bad stuff on the shows. Like all the Lana, Rusev, Lashley stuff is horrid. Yeah, but um, they're they're clearly trying some new stuff, and I haven't heard anyone discuss this yet. There's very clearly unscripted promos on the show and not all of them but quite a few of them <laughs> uh, seem like that the talent has bullet points that they're supposed to hit and just the the interactions feel a lot more like uh, real human beings speaking to each other <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah. so, so there's that and uh because they have no idea, they have uh, two ways of booking baby faces, as I <laughs> mentioned to you. Mentioned to you <laughs> off air, and those two, those two, uh, the two ways WWE books baby face men are one, nineteen ninety nine Dwayne Johnson ripoff, or two, cuck. <laughs> and so with Seth Rollins, first uh, underneath. Underneath baby faces are they're kind of hit and miss with, but so for you know this time last year I think everybody kind of liked Seth Rollins, and then uh, they booked him like a cuck, and when that didn't work, they then started booking him to act and talk like 1999 Dwayne Johnson, which uh, he is not, and the people t- and he burnt down Bray Wyatt's she shed, and everyone is <laughs> now does not like Seth Rollins. So they turned him heel. Uh, As that sign that hurt his feelings at the Hell in a Cell show show said, he's not cool. (laughs) No. No. Uh, I'm not sure that he was cool before they tried to make him cool. Um, But he definitely is not cool now. (laughs) He's gotten less cool. Whether he was cool in the first place is up for debate. But he's absolutely gotten less cool over the last six months or so. Yeah, so they just had to turn him heel. So I guess they're going to try making Kevin Owens the top baby face now. And uh, what do you think of that? I mean, he's he feels like the only option uh, <laughs> as far as who you got on the top of Raw right now. If you, I mean, Rey Mysterio was your other option, and I would have been fine with Rey Mysterio being the guy to beat Brock, but they chose not to go that route. And I'm not saying I think that Owens is necessarily going to be the guy to beat Brock, but for the time being, you need a guy at the top of the show that the fans like, that can have good promos that they'll get behind. Uh, yeah, Kevin Owens can do that. And it feels like the fans are, are kind of clamoring, and they were really, I think they especially like the dichotomy between Rollins and Owens and there's I mean there's some real life stuff to this too if if you watched Owens DVD um him and Seth Rollins were not necessarily friends prior <laughs> to coming to WWE um I think uh Seth was very much in the Cornette camp of this guy has ability but needs to get in shape or he'll never make it <laughs> and Kevin Owens uh said F you no and made it anyway, and <laughs> debuted against John Cena. And I think, so there's some real-life stuff to that, but I think that, and I think the fans can 
kind of feel that. The difference between Seth, who has gone through a number of different uh, personas in his time in WWE, versus Kevin Owens, who has been Kevin Owens the whole time. Um, I think that's, that's... Kevin Owens is, for lack of a better word, feels a lot more real, I think. And I think that's something, again, as you mentioned, authenticity is tends to be lacking in a lot of WWE's top baby faces. Um, and speaking of lack of authenticity, The Miz is wrestling Bray Wyatt for the WWE Championship. So, yeah, when you look at Owens, uh, I think he he has that little bit of authenticity, and there's a thing that he's not going to... He wasn't anybody's number one draft pick in real life or in, or in storyline, and he still is at the top, and I think fans get behind that. So... Yeah, I mean, until you think, until you bring up a Keith Lee or whoever you think your next actual top guy is, uh, there are worse, you know, Bret Hart level guys that you could put that you could plug in than Owens in that spot for the time being, right? I guess. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I'm not as high on Owens as you are, and I don't think the Steve Austin ripoff thing um, is particularly strong, but. Um... We'll see. Like it's, I do like the dynamic of Seth with the authors of pain. I think it helps elevate them as long as those two guys don't just become tackling dummies for Owens. You know what I mean? Yeah, theoretically, and they are large, so hopefully they'll be treated more like you know more like diesels, diesels for him, and less like uh, uh, Jamie Noble and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And what's the same word? So, Joseph Mercury. The, <laughs> well, maybe we'll talk about him later. But um, yeah, he's. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I mean, I think I would say that is as fresh as anything up top has felt in WWE this year, especially when on the other channel you're watching Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler feud with. Uh, Roman Reigns um, and Bray Wyatt versus The Miz. Um, yeah, Raw Raw's looking okay right now. Yeah, I um, worth noting, at, to my knowledge, uh, at least as we're recording this, Miz is not wrestling for the title. <laughs> it's just a it's match. Just a, it's just a match. Yeah, uh, they could add a stipulate. They could make it a title match on SmackDown this week. There's really no good reason for it not to be a title match, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, but it, 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 I guess Miz has somehow become a placeholder for Daniel Bryan, who um, has gone missing since Bray Wyatt took him under the ring and ripped his hair out. Uh, like I said, SmackDown has, <sighs> Smack, SmackDown has been real, real bad. Lacey <laughs> uh, Lacey Evans is a, a baby face now and uh, beats up on my favorite wrestler every week, which is not no fun. Um, let's see. Uh, Becky Lynch was not on Raw for like three weeks <laughs> in, in a row. It's like yeah. one week she one week she was at some um, some uh, event doing like PR work for the company. But then there were like two weeks where she just wasn't on the show for reasons. I don't know. <laughs> Um, we'll what we'll touch on TLC in a little bit here, but since uh, we're completely uh, this is a free flowing discussion that occasionally touches on mature subjects. Yes, uh, you brought up uh, Joseph Mercury and Ring of Honor, 
and they have a final battle show that's uh, in our in our hometown this weekend. And mm-hmm. I have little to no interest in Ring of Honor ever. Uh, but I guess it's probably pretty newsworthy to talk about how uh, they have a bunch of guy, bunch of guys' contracts coming up uh, here in the new year. Guys like Flip Gordon and Bandito and Marty Skrull and people like that, and all of this Joey Mercury stuff that and Kelly Klein stuff and allegations that Kelly Klein had an undiagnosed concussion and the company was gonna allow her to fly and work a show overseas and Joey Mercury who I think his intentions here are are good but is absolutely a certifiable crazy person yes <laughs> has has just gone scorched earth on Ring of Honor on social media and has also somehow managed to post screenshots of private text messages from Seth Rollins from like four years ago <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's a lot of bad ring of honor stuff right now, but Joey Mercury is also a crazy person. Yeah, that's, I think that's both things can be true. Uh, ring of <laughs> honor can be a terrible company that doesn't care about its wrestlers. And Joey Mercury can also be uh, nuts. I think these are both uh, accurate statements at this um, moment. I, can I just, pop in here and say that I don't mean to make fun of if there's a legitimate mental health issue there. I don't mean, I don't mean to make fun of that. I'm just saying more in the the general sense. Yes. I know. I mean, there's record Joey's talked about. He had a very, very rough childhood and he has publicly spoken about, you know, battles with addictions of different kinds over the years. I'm not attempting to make light of any of that. Um, but obviously he has chosen to go about this in a very specific way to say the least. And that way is to just stream of consciousness, blur everything out and, you know, F everybody. And he's, he's gone, he's gone, as you said, scorched earth with it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't look good for anybody, <laughs> For Ring of Honor and them, I mean, the, the the maybe the funniest ones to me, and I don't know if funny is the right word, but when you when Mercury shared the text where he was like, yeah, we really should have put Marty Skrull over at that Madison Square Garden show. And they're like, well, he's leaving in a year. We can't do that. And then they put the title on Taven, whose contract was up sooner than Marty's was. Right. Um <laughs> And who they then declared was not able to get over, despite being the world champion for like six months. Um, and they, and, and then they resigned, and then, right, for like two hundred fifty grand or whatever. Yes. Uh, so, just a wild, weird company. Um, not that I ever expected a company owned by Sinclair Broadcasting to uh, be any sort of paragon of morality or uh, run by. Ne- necessarily smart people but uh yeah that's 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 just a wild car crash to watch and uh yeah i i feel sorry for for anyone who has sort of been uh caught in the crossfire of this or but uh yeah it's it's a wild situation and uh i mean it got it got some mainstream attention newsweek did an article about it and um Newsweek maybe did more coverage than most 
wrestling sites did, honestly. Um, possibly because, you know, Joe Coff gives quotes to certain wrestling sites. But um, I don't I don't know. It's it's a wild situation, like I said, and I hope at the end of this people are taken care of and getting paid and make make the right decisions for for themselves. All right. So uh, wellness policy violations, the first wellness policy violations in like three years this week. Mm-hmm. And if you had if you had Bob Rude and uh, Prima Cologne in your office pool, God bless you, because there have been many times where I have looked at Bob Rude's physique and just thought this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I was willing to allow for the fact that, well, maybe the man just hasn't had a carb in 15 years and <laughs> is and works out real hard. But uh, and to be fair, we don't know what he got popped for. But uh, Robert Rude and Primo Cologne wellness policy violations. What the heck? Well, you know, a conspiracy theorist might say that uh, they just kind of picked two guys at random so that they could pretend that their wellness policy is real. Hmm. And uh, and uh, and so they just picked Rob Rude and, and Primo, of all people, who I <laughs> believe has not been on TV since, like, summer of 2018 or something. So I, I it's it's very weird. Um but I like I said, it's I guess that's whether uh conspiracy theories decide, I guess it's proof for them that they're they're still testing people and I was just again, I would also agree that Bob Rude or Rob Rude looking like he does at forty two is maybe a little suspect. But uh, he would not be public enemy number one for me if I were hunting down or looking <laughs> to quote unquote random test somebody whose uh, physique didn't pass a snip test in that company. But hey, that's that's just me. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it is random, and I'm I'm sure people are are tested <laughs> quite regularly there, as as WWE always says. Can I just point out that like most of Team Flair at the last Saudi show <laughs> just didn't pass the smell test. <laughs> mm. Can yes. you explain Drew, can you explain Drew McIntyre's physique to me? Uh, oh, I mean the guy who like keeps tearing biceps and stuff. Yeah, he he's had some muscle tears or at least one muscle tear and he is both he has both incredible mass and definition. <laughs> He's both cut and jacked at the same time somehow. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 wild. I uh I'm sure he has good genetics and uh you know, I feel like yeah, generally that's a thing, you know, guys generally get in much better shape when they hit their <laughs> late 30s than See? they were in their late 20s. I think that happens a lot. Did you remember when he was there like 11 years ago and he was like, you know, 21, 22 years old or whatever? When, trust me, once you hit 30, life gets hard. <laughs> <laughs> but remember when he was there like 11 years ago and he had like a lean uh, volleyball player physique? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like a like a power forward. Yes. Yes. 
You look like an athlete. Now look at him. It's amazing yep. what you can do with diet and exercise, huh? Mm-hmm. A lot of chicken, a lot of, a lot of broccoli, I'm sure. Oh, that reminds me of the most insulting thing I've ever read. It was when like Muscle and Fit- Fitness did an interview with Jinder Mahal, asking him, <laughs> man, you've totally changed your body. How did you do it? And his thing, and his answer was like, I take a lot of protein shakes after I do workouts. And I eat chicken and broccoli, and that's about it. That's like, uh-huh. okay, look, look, dude. <laughs> I've I've tried to do that. <laughs> I I was in notably better shape than I am now, but I never looked like Ginger Mahal. <laughs> yes, never. <laughs> and to be fair, I just want to say, like, if these people are taking supplements that are prescribed by a doctor, a real doctor. Right. Like that's I'm not judging anyone because if I let's say he took anabolic horse steroids. <laughs> if I took those same steroids and even if I worked out hard, I don't think I'd look as good as Jinder Mahal. Right. So like I'm sure there I sure he did work out very hard. I'm sure he did diet very hard. I'm sure he did uh you know do do you know, do a lot of work for it, but like, come on, come on, <laughs> like, right. don't tell me that's all you did. Right, right. That's all I'm saying. Right, like, you don't just pop steroids and look like that. You have to work incredibly hard once you take the steroids. But right. still, there's, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. This is well, all theoretical for the record. right, right. All hypothetically, all hypotheticals. Tell you what, if I was on TV in my underpants every week. I'd be very tempted to to do things that would help me cosmetically look better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just such the horrifying thought of me on the television every week in my underpants. <laughs> For some reason, I'm reminded right now of Jake, Jake Hager, Chris Jericho, and Jim Ross being in the announce, in the announce booth tonight on uh, mm-hmm. AEW. Um. Hager didn't say a word, and uh, Jim Ross was the the third best person in that booth at the time as an announcer. <laughs> Hager was too busy tweeting angry things about the little girl who doesn't want the world to end due to climate change. Oh, is he one of those guys? Did you not see his 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 tweet storm today? No. Time I've magazine been... named the little girl Greta Thunberg, who you know has right. become somewhat of a, a famous icon uh, as a, a member of the generation that will be most heavily affected by climate change if the world does not drastically reduce its carbon emissions. Um, and you, there's an argument, and there's a discussion to, ha- to be had over whether or not a child should be put at the forefront of a discussion <laughs> like this. Sure. But on the other hand. It's not really a shouldn't be treated as a discussion because right. it's one hundred percent of scientists agree this is what's <laughs> happening. Right. So, regardless, uh, uh, yes, Jake Hager angrily was tweeting at Time Magazine and then arguing with fans on Twitter about how uh, I believe one of the tweets was something about how it's not real; they just want you to think it is. So. Yeah, that's that's what that's how Jake Hager spent his uh, his Wednesday afternoon. But yeah, back to your point, uh, Jr.'s bad at commentary. <laughs> like it was really clear when he didn't have Excalibur there to call moves, 
and Shivani there to just be like a good babyface color commentator. Yeah, uh, that he he's totally lost out there. <laughs> that little bit at the end when Jericho and Hager ran down to beat up uh, the the Jurassic Express, yep. and it was just Jim Ross was yep. woof. Like you yep. remember when Byron Saxton had to call a match <laughs> by himself after Michael Cole got F five a few years ago, and it was so bad that like after one segment they sent Lawler out to save him. Yeah, that's yes. what I thought of with that. I was like, if this went more than two minutes with just Jim Ross by himself, it was going to be some of the worst commentator <laughs> or commentary anyone has ever heard. And thank God they got Tony and Excalibur back out there to do the plugs for next week. It was only like 45 seconds. It was, it was bad, man. It was real bad. I had the, <laughs> in the, in the exact same thought. It's like, oh boy, this is going to be rough. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Poor JR. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the 67-year-old guy loses his wife or whatever and just wants to do it the old job he used to be good at. And it's just, ugh. He's got this whole new world of social media where fans are tweeting bad things at him all day <laughs> and he chooses to read it. It's like, I there is part of me that is sympathetic towards JR, but then there's part of me that sees him, like, being uh, a sex pervert on Twitter. And it's yes. like, nah, he, <laughs> he, uh, he deserves... All he gets. <laughs> Once again, both things can be true. Um, <laughs> and like, I understand that Jr. serves a purpose, especially to probably like network executives and right. people who know him from when wrestling was really popular 20 years ago and see him as like an important part of that presentation that they're a major league wrestling company. Yeah. So like, I get why he's there. And again, I mean, I think we've talked about it. Like, I don't think he's been, he has not been terrible, terrible every single week. There are moments even right. where I think he's been good where when him and Excalibur have worked well together. Yeah. But when he is bad, he is just the worst. Yeah. He, like, threw to commercial, like, six times tonight and then said, no, we're not going anywhere uh, because they were picture-in-picture picture or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... The first three times it happened, it was like, okay, he's just a little confused. And then <laughs> the fourth time, it's like, okay, pay attention, ball paw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. While we're on announcing, uh, um, the SmackDown team of Cole and Graves is just freaking dreadful. <laughs> you don't say. It's real bad, but... Uh, and I think Jerry Lawler is an extremely problematic human being mm. <laughs> and, a, and a pretty scummy guy. But he is, and this is very low praise, the best commentator in WWE by far right now. <laughs> like, Vic, uh, actually, that goes to Samoa Joe, but uh, <laughs> uh, who's been filling in on Raw. As, a, as the third man in the booth while he rehabs. He better be careful, though, because he's going to be so good in that job that they're going to want that to be his job forever. And then they'll ruin him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Raw team, uh, at least of Joe and Lawler, I don't know about Vic Joseph. It's like he... I don't know how to judge WWE play-by-play guys that aren't Morrow, you know, because they're not really there to call wrestling. I'm not sure what they're there to do, but it's not to call wrestling. Uh, so I don't want to denigrate Vic Joseph too much, but Joe and Lawler are very good. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well. Yeah, like Vic has always struck me as like he's much like Tom Phillips. I think they can all be served and Cole himself can all be good, can all be serviceable at the very least. Right. But a lot of the time they're going to spend their time having to plug social media and squeeze a lot of nicknames and really <laughs> ham handed analogies that are being yelled at by a 70 something year old crazy man so i'm i'm sure it's not a fun job to be a play-by-play guy in wwe but yeah i would not say that dick joseph at least since his move to raw has been uh good all right let's chat about this tlc card here uh they're doing the very lazy open challenge uh for the viking raiders uh i'm assuming that's going to be on the pre-show i'm not sure uh, they're going to issue an open challenge for the Raw Tag Team titles. This would be a nice spot to debut a new team or something, but I doubt they'll do that. Uh, any thoughts? Weren't Hawkins and Ryder supposed to get a title shot like three weeks ago and then didn't? Um, They got beat up by somebody. That's right. They won like a... I feel like it's been longer than three weeks, but who knows? Uh, they Right. They won a title shot at a house show in Germany or something. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and then they got beat up before they got the match. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah never... that, I mean, that definitely happened this year. I oh, yeah. I don't remember if they, like, have acknowledged it. Yeah, I don't think they've, uh, I don't think they've talked about it since, uh, <laughs> since they got beat up. Well, you know, Hawkins and Ryder did a really nice uh, holiday toy drive at uh, Kurt's Wrestling School, and raise a lot of money for uh, Toys for Tots. So at least they're doing nice stuff in the meantime. Yeah, good for them. Uh, Rusev versus Bob Lashley in a tables match. So we can do a screwy finish here. We can put Rusev through a table <laughs> without, like, pinning him or something. Mm-hmm. This, this is the dirt worst stuff in the company right now. This feud has been going on for a very long time. This is their first actual match. <laughs> it is a tables match. And 100% like Rusev's going to have the match won and then Lana's going to like yank him off the apron and he's going to like fall feet first into a table and lose. Right. Or something <laughs> like that. And then right. they'll just keep feuding for another month and then somebody will forget about it and they'll just move on. Well, we can only hope. Um, the other, uh, candidate for dirt worst thing in the company right now is the big dog Roman Reigns against Baron Corbin. Um, they're going to wrestle in a TLC match on Sunday. And at least when Corbin had the, the, uh, the big dog mascot, we had like the hope of one week, the mascot is going to take its head off and it's going to be Roman Reigns in the dog costume. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we... He now he hasn't had the, the the dog mascot in several weeks and uh, just poured dog food all over Roman on a SmackDown on Friday and mm-hmm. it's it's real bad. Yeah, and uh, Dolph Ziggler is his buddy. Yes, Michael Cole loves to point out who, um, which wrestlers are buddies. That's like, <laughs> oh, it's his That's... buddy Dolph Ziggler. That's the pre-approved term at the moment for associates. Yes. They're buddies. 
Well, I'm sure Roman Reigns will do his best. And, I mean, they have tables and chairs and ladders, so I'm sure they will probably... On paper, this should be fine. (laughs) I don't care about the match or the feud, but Roman Reigns is generally a safe bet for at least a decent pay-per-view match. So, good luck to him. And and to his credit, I think Corbin's gotten a lot better this year. Yeah, I I would agree with that. He's just passable, but I think that's a step above where he was. <laughs> that's fair. The New Day and the Revival are wrestling for the SmackDown tag titles. Are you kidding me? No, it's like the 3700th time that they've done this. Um, and they're going to do it again because I think they're still trying to convince the Revival that they don't want to go to AEW. <laughs> mm. I mean, I, 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 I. I can't imagine how Kofi Kingston feels right now. And, like, I understand Xavier Woods got hurt, and so they felt like they had to throw him back in the tag team. But it was, like, nine... He got beaten in nine seconds. Uh, His his big historic title reign ended in a blink of an eye. He got no follow-up, didn't get a cut of promo, didn't get to do anything, and now he's just back to being a tag team guy who throws pancakes around. And it's just, like... This must just suck. Like It's like the last nine months meant nothing. Right. Nine months and not even a rematch? Like, Yeah. Or like a promo or like positioning him to maybe, even if he's not going to win the belt, like maybe he could be like Bray's Royal Rumble opponent or something. Right. Nah. He's just in a tag team again. Yeah. Excuse me, Bray Wyatt and The Miz, as we mentioned, as of now, not a universal title match, because that would make too much sense. Sure. Uh, This has been, this feat has given The Miz a lot of opportunities to do some acting on on SmackDown. Tell you what, he does a pretty good uh, mean guy face, I'll give him that. But when he has to start saying the words that they're writing for him... Um, I don't think he's particularly strong at that. And Ms. TV, uh, as Daniel Bryan uh, says, sucks. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot of bad. I, like I generally like the Miz. I don't need to see him wrestle ever again. But I generally like the Miz. But sure. uh, this is do- this is doing him no favors. I was gonna say when I saw the segment with him and Bryan at the last pay per view where he uh, was acting and telling Bryan that like. The- their families were in danger if he couldn't yes. beat the fiend in yes. a wrestling match. Yes. Um, my thought is one day you and I are going to have to watch one of those Marine movies and just see if he's actually like, does he act? Do you think he acts better in like an actual movie with like a director who can maybe tell him how to act well? I would. Or do you think bet, it's the same? I, I bet he's, I bet he's better. You know, yeah. he probably has more than 45 minutes to try to memorize his lines, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. I don't know. It's just, I, I was watching that. I was like, man, I hope he's a better actor in the actual movies he's in. Because, boy, howdy. And again, not that I think a lot of people are good, would have been good reading that line, reading the lines that he was given. But, right. yeesh. Yeah. I got the I got the uh, movie with uh, him and Becky and Sean in it for Christmas last year. I still haven't watched it yet, but 
<laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned in 2020. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy. Again, I forget if you said this or someone said this is a missed opportunity for a Doors match. Like, they definitely should have had a Doors <laughs> yes, match. Uh, uh, yes, that was, that was the way to go with this. And uh, it's disappointing that they didn't. But um, I'm sure it'll be a fun match. Uh, Alistair Black is really good, and Buddy Murphy does all the moves of wrestlers who are really good, so uh, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a fun match. And uh, the the Kabuki Warriors will be wrestling Becky and Charlotte um, for the women's tag titles. Like, the Becky and Charlotte, I don't understand why they keep... I don't understand other than the fact that they're the only two people that are over like why they keep putting them together in programs or against each other or forcing them to team together but uh the match should be good at least yeah they'll they'll all work very hard and and probably pull out something good and memorable i It is wild, as you mentioned, that Becky's just either not been on TV or been in the tag division for several months. And I I feel like I've, again, I've been being told since about like September that, oh, we're building to Asuka and Becky for the title. They're finally going to pay off Asuka beating her at that Royal Rumble. But now Becky's challenging for Asuka's belt. So I, I, I don't know. It's not what I would do but I'm sure the match will be good. And uh, hopefully this goes on last. I hope I hope uh, the bad main event at the last show did not put Vince off putting the women on last. Yeah, agreed. And I would say to her credit, and I'm going to credit this to her and not to the creative team, uh, Becky, at least in her promo uh, on Raw this week, was trying to make sense of the fact of why she was why she would want to challenge Asuka just like oh, I'm collecting an old debt I'm collecting an old debt and it's like oh she is pointing out that Asuka beat her uh, mm-hmm. 11 months ago uh, even if no one else has brought up the fact that Asuka beat her 11 <laughs> months ago so good for her I mean yeah if, if no one else is going to do it at least at least she's <laughs> at least she's trying god bless her and I don't know Maybe, like we said, uh, depending on what happens in NXT in the next few weeks, maybe she'll have a new challenger. And uh, I mean, I mean, it'll be Mania season soon, and she can finally start to set up that match with Stephanie. All right. On that note, <laughs> till next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com.
Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. Try to keep on keeping on.